following podcast may contain strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hallmark of Greatness, Last Orders, the podcast where we look back into the films our Hallmark favourite actors and directors would rather forget that they were ever involved with. I'm Joe, and with me as always are my co-hosts. She has spent the last fortnight hiding in her shed after changing her name to Professor Gold Standard Woodpecker and glaring directly into a magpie's eye, it's Bernadette. I saluted it, so it was fine. I'm not even getting into that. And he has only just to remove a picture of his bottom off the internet after pulling the last bullet out of his body after being shot one million times by men in lemon overalls. It's James. I mean, the last bullet is always the hardest to get. <laughs> that is the... The rule. You can follow us on Twitter at Hallmark Great and on Instagram and Facebook at Hallmark of Greatness or email us at Hallmark of Greatness at gmail.com. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello. <laughs> it's not that bad. I feel like we started on a high with Woodfist. Punch Fester. Yeah. We started with a high like retro. I think I'm going to have to change the scores retrospectively. That's fine. Yes. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping from last week. Magpies are riddled with superstition. Right? Everything up to Christianity, they were good luck to be seen with. Native Americans would have them in headdresses and stuff, and it was to prove you were And then Christianity came along and they were evil because, and I quote, they were the only birds who didn't cry when Jesus was crucified. And they know that. Can birds even cry? <laughs> All the other birds were crying, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Can you, come on, do you see a peacock crying? No, that's what I read, and I was like, oh, Christianity, coming along, ruining everything, <laughs> besmirching <laughs> the good name of, of magpies. Yeah. It's not even like supported by any kind of Christian doctrine. They just took a offence to magpies. I, maybe the guy who wrote it glared at one and was haunted by them for the rest of his days. We don't know. Well, you know what, Joe? That rollback starts right here, right now. We're taking power. Hashtag free the magpies. Do you want to go straight into this week's film? Go on, we have to, don't we? Uh, This is 1996's Raging Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've outdone yourself. Oh, there's, little, there's a fun extra little bit in there that you probably didn't pick up on. There's just a Frenchman going, twa. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> I just found a load of samples. I'm like, I'm having that. I'm having the air on. Fabulous. 1996's Raging Angels. Synopsis. I've got it down as 1995. I mean, 96. Then... it does not matter. Only because later on, there is a poster on the wall that is either incredibly current or, yeah, makes me think it's a year later than what it, it was it was advertised at. Ooh, well, I'll look forward to that nugget later. <laughs> yes, synopsis. Really <laughs> uh, James's synopsis. Right. Well, okay. I didn't spend I didn't spend a lot of time on this. But did, I've gone did with you raging... spend longer than the actual screenwriter did? Oh, get to that. Raging Angels, nineteen ninety five. A high school freshman dies and goes to heaven where there's no place to dance except St. Peter's dance team. But when St. Paul, the boyfriend of St. Agnes, falls for her, he has to, she has to fight to win her place amongst these saints. Also, God turns up. Yeah, has a very similar, almost similar vibe to breaking legs in a lot of ways. <laughs> breaking legs. 
breaking hearts, breaking barriers, breaking down religions for magpies. One, I must find out what other religions think of magpies at some point. Barney, what have you got out and out? Well, I was looking at the poster and I came across one for racing angels that sounded so much better than what we have to watch. Wait, sorry, was that racing or racing? Racing, yeah, as in like. I don't know. Like We're not doing and- Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> not a pleasure planet. So from the poster, I wrote uh, Chad and Bianca take on our <laughs> insert collective name for a group of celestials who are very angry because they are trapped in New York. Chad learns guns are no use and enlists the help of a group of eccentric church people to help read the Bible and get them home. Is that the people at the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Cluedo-esque uh, lineup of people they have there. But uh, the main characters were in the bottom as well. <laughs> There's only like six people in this film. Yeah. So they were there at the front with the guns, main, and then they were there in a little square at the bottom as well. Because it's got <laughs> the, the smallest cast list of anything, of, of actual named people, like named characters, as opposed to like background guy seven and stuff yeah the actual synopsis two musicians are unknowingly drawn into a supernatural scheme that's it that's it oh, i was waiting for the they rest literally then. phoned that in it's like not even 10 words God, it's like quick quick we need a blurb <laughs> i'm sure there's more on the back of the video box but i couldn't be bothered uh, i'm not even this. sure it's a supernatural scheme but we'll get to that there is Again, I want to know how the supernatural powers have manifested themselves because it appears they just go rogue at some points as well. But then also they can be controlled by other things. So it's it's very, very confusing. I just remembered what you meant by going rogue. Oh, I love that. That's my favourite bit of this film. But that's right at the end. So Here's the trailer. It's good and short and it's proper. There's a trailer. There's a trailer. The trailer is, I would say, better than the film. In, a, in an unusual turn of events, okay. it's, it, it's a proper in a world as well. So, Oh, yes. Let's go. In the struggle between good and evil, a war has begun. Creatures of my vision, I stand against you. For a hero running out of time. Because you can't be here. A stranger who must lead the way. What you need is a spiritual deliverance. And a woman who must make a choice. You and me together? Forever. Between the man she loves. Mankind really has hope. And a man she cannot resist. Connor can't. Sure you can, baby. I'm taking Lila with me. She's one of us now. In the final confrontation, no one will be safe. You cannot alter the course of global events. No one can be trusted. And only one side will be left standing. Raging Angels. Sean Patrick Flannery, Diane Lamb, Monet Mazur, Michael Everyone Hammond, in the film. Shelley Winters, Ariel Domazal. <laughs> Featuring the music of Boston, Kingdom Come, Golden Earring, Striper, and, and Mozart. Mozart. <laughs> I didn't see him in there. <laughs> He's in the back. He played Moloch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that yeah, makes it, it was... seem much more together than it actually was. That, that sounds like, if I rented that from the video shop, based on the premise of that trailer, I'd be furious. <laughs> <laughs> that soundtrack was amazing in that trailer. 
the music in it was pretty good. It just felt like it was a series of music videos interconnected with some dialogue at times. It was, yeah, straight into it. It's the first film we've done directed by Alan Smithy. Sorry, James's yes. cat has just walked yeah. across yeah. the screen and I'm just so distracted now. <laughs> this, this is Alan Smithy coming into the room. I'm just going to get rid of her. Not, not like take her out. If you don't know Barney, Alan Smithy is the name a director will put onto a project that he doesn't want his name attached to. Oh, brilliant. So we, we'll never know who it was who directed this, sadly, because they Alan Smithied themselves. I believe it was God himself. <laughs> Even God was like, no. It's no, <laughs> not what you want to see, is it, when you just start up the film that has been disowned by the director. It's, it sometimes leads to good films. but <laughs> This yeah, wasn't one of them. This had <laughs> moments of greatness. Uh, do we want to just introduce as well how we got to this point? Yes. Because... Uh... <laughs> I, I can't... Oh, it's Diane Ladd. It is. Who makes this film? Doctor Tip, she's selling this film. <laughs> she is genuinely. Her and um, really Shelley Winters are the two best things in this, and Shelley Winters yeah. dies about twenty minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Diane Ladd played uh, Doctor Tiptree in Carnosaur, and I believe she gets first credit as these dramatic clouds kind of roll. Oh, with the sub Danny Elfman music as well. Yeah, I've put never has a cumulonimbus acted in anything so dramatic. We cut to some cool guy riding a motorbike with a guitar. Everyone drives very erratically in this film for no reason. Oh, yeah. And there's also a band playing in a bar at the same time. Yeah. It goes on for a long time. That it, song it's the well. longest song I've ever known. Uh, yeah, <laughs> featuring the great lines: "Sleep with the devil, the devil will make you pay. Sleep with the devil, the devil will take you away." So they were up all night. It's probably the same person that wrote the synopsis did the lyrics. Right? Now I've got yeah. a thing about the songs in this because I've recorded so many lines of verse. <laughs> <laughs> I did get that one. Yeah, I think that, I think that, that was... was written by uh, Dio. To be honest, I think this might be. I'm, I would love to know for sure. I think this is the band Striker that gets credited at the end. Yes, um, so there is a lot of striper. Well, it hangs the tail because quite a lot of the credits are misspelled and people's names get garbled up and spelled. It wrong. is striper, um, and it is to hell with the devil. So yeah, I just wrote this band have all got lovely long hair. You must have at least twelve inches of hair to join this band <laughs> and be able to flick it back at the same time as everyone else. Was it a was a of... decade out of sort of touch with reality, wasn't it? Because this felt yeah. like a very 80s band. Yeah, because yeah. at this point, and based on the way everyone's dressed later on, this is like the the height of, I'd say not the height, because I think at this point it was on the down down low, but of like grunge. Yeah. Based on the way people are dressed, like everyone's dressed like they're in Alice in Chains later on. And yeah. this is the wrong type of music for that. I mean, this this stuff, you couldn't get booked playing sort of hair metal in the mid-90s, because, yeah, grunge had killed it all, which is fine. Yeah, my, my note was, I don't miss hair metal. And then in the very next note, I noticed that, so this has been all intercut with this motorcycle man cutting through LA, it looks like, um, and he goes past some shops. Did anyone catch any of the shop names? Oh, you love a good <laughs> shop, yeah. I was going to say, oh. I, I'm looking out for these now. If it's not tip-top, I'm disappointed. <laughs> There's some very sort of generic shop names in this that aren't worth mentioning, but the one that is, is 
Superior Meat Co. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that because that implies there's an inferior Meat Co. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in caps as well because it's that superior. (laughs) And then there's an unconvincing security man who has the immortal I, I loved it because I watched this twice or at least the first part twice due to I'm... madness and uh, <laughs> it's the bit where he goes he's on a phone and he goes dev, 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 dev. <laughs> <laughs> somebody just like told him to say Dave many times and he, he does say it at least four times all in a row <laughs> is this the man um, with the that the sort of Mustard yellow shirt on that's buttered right up to the top. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Who appears is I think as it turns out is the manager of this band. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's or never is, really is... mentioned, but that and we never see him role. again either. He's answering to somebody called Dave though, so I thought Dave must be the manager. But I think that's somebody in the band telling him. But to the band get are on stage. That's I mean, the band that are playing, and the band that the man on the the man on the motorbike pulls up, and he's like, "Oh, I need to go and," and he's like, "No, they're already playing." And also, oh, yeah. you're drunk. It'd be very hard to hear, wouldn't it? And your hair is too short. You cannot join the band. <laughs> yeah, you've got curtains, mate. Get out. Absolutely not. So he says that he's been kicked out of the band for, and he lists excuses here. First one is making a scene. So what was <laughs> the point of being in a band? Yeah, if you're not part of a scene, then what are you doing? Uh, they've carried his ass for months. I can believe that. He's not showing up, and he's wasted, which then get sort of confirmed by the fact that he takes a drink immediately. He's even got a bottle with him. He's always got like a fifth of Jim Beam, well, like two mouthfuls of Jim Beam left wherever he travels. It's like the magic porridge pot of Jim Beam bottles. It just re- regenerates two mouthfuls of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the bar is also if next he's to in him. this band, right, that's three guitarists in this band and a singer. Well, That's, that's too many people out. in a band. They're not the polyphonic spree. You don't need... <laughs> Yeah, I thought it might have been like an Iron Maiden thing where, you know, they have at least three, don't they? Uh, I noticed that the bar is next to a tin shack, which delighted me. Um, And, yeah, he reads this Jim Beam bottle for a long time and then tosses it away. Smashes it. Finished reading it. And then drives down the pavement out, which was incredibly dangerous. He's drunk and he's a rebel. The manager's concerns about him riding were well-founded. He offered him money to get a taxi home, and he went, no. Yeah, I'm going to ride my motorbike home, which I have issues about where all his money comes from, because he is not short of coin. Not with all them guitars, and a motorbike. And a car. And a fancy apartment with a dog And an apartment, yeah. Which we now cut to. Six months later. I always love a good passage of time after no, no... Nothing has been established. But it's forgiven this time because we get the shots of the dog, which is <laughs> always going to win. The dog that way. is called Axel. Axel. Yes, we only find that out in the last fifteen minutes. Yep. Up until then, it's just referred to as dog. I thought it was going to be called just dog. Um, did you, anybody catch the actual dog's name? Oh, I did, but I couldn't remember. I want to say Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. <laughs> <The name. laughs> And that is its only acting credit. Jesus wept. Probably went, been in this shit film. I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, well, based on the fact that neither of those people were walking that dog, I'm assuming the union (laughs) had something to say about it. Dog union. Uh, So um, it's actually the subject of a song at this point. So uh, this singer, Chris, he's down on his luck. He's an alcoholic. He's been kicked out of his band. 
he doesn't do anything for six months and then he's writing this song that goes as I find my way home spirit lighting the dome as I find my way home my dog likes milk bone that's that's good I didn't know what milk bone was I thought it was like a milk steak sort of thing but it's some sort of brand it's of dog biscuit biscuity treat for dogs yeah you can get milk bones or you can get gravy bones. They're just white or brown biscuit bones. There's probably other flavours as well. Chicken bones, ham bones, Soyless. dem bones. <laughs> dem dry bones. Well, this dog sort of has the ability to speak back because it barks at that point. And it sort of joins in with conversation through barking, which is a bit odd. I'd like to believe that I just looked it up. Fallon the dog. That's, Fallon. That, it's Fallon. That's the real name of the dog. But, well, yeah. presumably. Yeah, I believe it can talk to him. And if like this was filmed better, there'd have been a, a whole side plot about the dog being like an angel sent to watch over him. Yeah. I imagine the dog would go to him and go, I need a wee. Let me out, yeah. please. Yeah, not literally, I don't leave this couch for the entire <laughs> film. <laughs> it's animal cruelty. A lady walks in yeah. and is dressed like some sort of maid or waitress. Turns out she is. So that was that cleared up. I thought it was a fashion choice. (laughs) And they have like a conversation about, I don't know, him not being able to write songs or something. Yeah, it turns out that his his old band are now the third biggest band in the country. Third best-selling album. He's got a cassette or a CD or something that he just slams down on the table. Which He got a free copy. (laughs) Well, yeah. So they're still Um, thinking about it. And that's at least one of the three pieces of furniture that we're exposed to in the scene. He's got a lamp, he's got a chair, and he's got some sort of, I don't know, what would you call it? Table? Bureau, I was going to go with. Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to outside a bench, and a spooky man appears on the bench, yeah. and gets up and walks off. I've just put, he's so suave. <laughs> but I, this I took... thought that's how they're generated. It's the spawning point of all trench coat men everywhere. Oh, okay. Because, right, I didn't realise. I thought, hey, this, this scene was about two minutes long of just a man sitting on a bench getting up and walking away. But then we cut to inside the diner where... Is she, no, she's not called Violet, is she? She's called Lila. Lila. But I'm sure they changed that certain point. I'm sure they call her Violet several, several times throughout this film. Or I yeah. heard I heard Violet. I'm sure anyway. I heard Violet at least once. Especially when they're in the hospital later on, but that may be ADR. And, right, I didn't... I've only just now picked this up. I thought they were doing a little nod to the Blues Brothers because there's a man in a black fedora and a black coat sat at the counter... I put Elwood from Blues Brothers. I put, literally got Elwood Blues Brothers there. <laughs> yeah. But later on, spawned. it's where the trench coat is an angel. Or he's, yeah. he's because later on they rescue Chris from the, the car. Well, he rescues her in the diner. He, he stands in front of her, doesn't he? And yeah. protects her. Yeah, which... He kind of like lifts her up a little bit and doesn't move anywhere with her. Yeah, it was very odd. So the, the whole point behind this. Oh, by the way, there is a clown in that. Johnny's confusing diner Johnny's. just sat there with dead eyes. It's just like a puppet of a clown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop it twice to have a look at that. Um, and yeah, his, his girlfriend, Chris's girlfriend, Lila's there. She's a waitress serving people, including Elwood from Blues Brothers. Uh, and there's um, some gang members at the table that are a bit jumpy. And then there's a drive-by. There's also an old man that tells her she has a lovely voice. Yes. Which is nice. It's what you want to hear from creepy old men. Uh, it's near the spawning point. I've literally got, at this point, I have no idea what's going on. 
nothing has been explained. Yeah, nothing's been explained. The shooting causes a chef to jump and like spill fire everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but then, Johnny's rubber Johnny's isn't on fire later. No, that wasn't. I thought <laughs> the pl- they couldn't afford that. Budget. They blow up one car and dent a motorbike, <laughs> and that's the that's the um, special effects budget for this film. And but Lila, Lila doesn't do anything. She just stands there. You'd at least hit the floor or something, I, wouldn't you? I would yeah. counter that. She jumps from multiple sort of body shields. Elwood <laughs> 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 transports along. <laughs> She probably can't move very fast because she's got their massive grunge boots on with she her. Got, um, I like them boots. Uniform. Yeah. I like those, yeah. yeah not I'm not com- saying they're horrible. I'm just saying they don't go with the waitress outfit. Also, they're not going to be comfortable on a 12-hour shift. No. Walking around in a big pair of new rocks like that. No, no. And then Chris turns up with his guitar just in case it was a music-based emergency. <laughs> <laughs> it could get and inspiration. He- Johnny's on fire. <laughs> and then he takes her to a meat shop. Yeah. And um, then they go to the shop. You know, after a, a, a drive-by shooting, they go to a local shop. They go past um, what appears to be a used meat shop. <laughs> probably There's like lots of pictures of like gammons and stuff like that, and then used next to it. Uh, oh. And yeah, into the shop for classified so that she can look for a new job. And he can look for a job, although he has oh. no intentions of it. And also, so he can get a beer. Well, get some, get 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 something to drink. He says, and then she says, "No, you promised." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Again, because I'm assuming he is a recovering alcoholic at this point. But later on, he's drinking a beer, and she's no problem with that. So it must just be hard liquor. He's not allowed. Oh, you see, I thought it was worse. I thought he was looking, you know, to get her a classified thing so she could get a new job because the last place is. Rubber Johnny's is on fire. <laughs> oh well, need a new job now. <laughs> It didn't catch fire, so all you got to do is mop the blood up, put the windows back in, you're back in work Monday, uh, and a strange man comes up to her while she's outside, offers her a flyer and saying, come in off the streets, because all homeless people dress like waitresses that have been in a recent police incident, and she's like, nah, you're all right, mate, but it's for the CWU. Yeah, I found that acronym very annoying, because it's not very... W and then U. Yeah, it doesn't flow off the tongue. Yeah. WU. <laughs> WU. Yeah. It's it's not it's not it's not this is one of the this is where the, this is where the, it all falls apart. Uh yeah, he's very forceful. I tried to get like a screen grab of exactly what that leaflet said, but it was too blurry. It's too low res, yeah, yeah. They go home and uh, they, they we, well we cut to them in bed and they have a conversation about something. I don't know. His mother right. had accident. Yeah. Oh like, it was died in an accident. That's okay, then. It doesn't specify, does it? But, um, yeah, she wakes up because she's had a scary dream, presumably because she just witnessed people being killed in front of her. By fruiting. Um, Post-traumatic stress, yeah. He doesn't ask about it, and he talks about his mum and dad's accident. I think you've had it bad, seeing all the people get shot. My parents are dead. (laughs) But then when he says accident, I heard it, I misheard it as accent. He was talking about his mum and dad's accent. I wonder why that was so traumatic. And then I thought, could be Welsh. There's an old lady that appears, played by Miss Shelley Winters. Oh, love it. She's got the best tabard on I've ever seen. She's lovely. And she's talking to Chris while giving him a check. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is where he gets all his money from. He sponges off his grandmother. She gives him money and then says that she raised him right. I I don't really follow what that Well, if his parents died, then she's raised him because she's his grandmother. 
Makes and sense. he's got Thumbs of Praise on in the background. And he's like, oh, when I'm famous, <laughs> yeah. when I'm famous, I'll buy you a big house. And I'm like, your house is pretty big already, love, to be honest. It's a nice house. Yeah, they always are. She then gives him the classic line of, you need to be as gentle as a dove, but as wise as a serpent. Yes, I wrote that down and went, that, that's my motto in life, that now. My wise. No, I'm thinking that. Because they eat all their food whole, which is just going to give you a poorly tummy. Look at snakes on a plane. Oh, see, I... Because of the background music, I read this as the serpent, as the snake from the Garden of Eden, and how wise that serpent was. It was it, though? I mean, yes, it fulfilled well, its yeah, mission it of got... getting them kicked out. It's cunning. But all it did was just go like that with an apple towards them, wasn't it? Just <laughs> nudged it towards them. Like, owls, owls are wise. I think Magpies if most animals could talk, they'd be fairly intelligent. Yeah, I often like to say about my cat that if she could talk, she just would choose not to. <laughs> yeah, it's very hoity-toity, your cat. She's got we a gun. Oh, is that where gun. he gets the gun from? Because yes. I missed all this. Yeah, he was yeah. like, she gets the gun out, I think. And he's like, oh, no, Grandma, I can't have that gun. And then just files it away. <laughs> no, he, he says something <laughs> like, you need to put that Robin turns. Banks or something. Yeah. I had... Just this was. I just had my COVID injection, so I was sort of drifting in and out of consciousness a little bit. We cut back to their apartment, and Lila is sitting on a couch, and Chris oh, comes God. in yeah. with a plate full of food that contains poultry and some pears, or maybe a watermelon. Because <laughs> pears and watermelon are very, very similar. I've often. I, I been... hate to see his fruit salads. <laughs> what a mixed plate that was! <laughs> all on the same plate. So oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, my mum used to get them butties from work and they'd all have all taste of orange because really? they'd never had orange slices touching them. Tuna fish and orange butties. Ah. Yeah, so Lila's been watching TV where it's been advertising a media extravaganza held by the Coalition for World Unity of the leaflet fame that have just been out forcing them to CWU. CWU. Ah, so difficult. <laughs> and uh, Colin Ramsey is headlining it. I didn't really find out what he actually is supposed to be, but I suspect a musician and he wants backing artists to, to um, en- enroll, enlist. What's the word I'm looking for? Volunteer. No. Audition. Audition, Audition is the word. The apartment as well now has a bookshelf and a tankard, which I thought was a nice touch. Also, his apartment's massive. When we it see is. it from the opposite side, yeah. it's huge. So much covered space. <laughs> it is. For a New York apartment, which I'm fairly sure they say they're in New York, no, no, they're not. They're at um, Hollywood. Oh, yeah, because we see the Hollywood sign later on, don't we? So yeah. even so, um, for an LA apartment. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Right, right I put here, she gets really turned on by guitars at this point. Well, this was my point, right? Before, when he was playing the Milkbone song, he's playing uh, a blue S... Uh, sorry. No. Yeah, a blue SG, which is, you're looking at at least 500 quid for that. He then, like, he's got a red Stratocaster, which even if they're copies, there's still a couple of hundred quid. He's got a motorbike, a brand new looking motorbike. It's in pretty good nick. That's a couple of grand, isn't it? Like, he's got this. So he's he's milking Grandma Ruth. Yeah. Because I doubt um, Lila's waitressing is paying that much. He ain't got no gigs because he can't finish any songs. I just assumed he'd nicked it off his band or something. <laughs> I mean, I would. And there's an incredibly long, uh, almost as long as that scene in the room where they have sex. Yeah, it was a bit yes. much. The Come To Me Now um, song. I wrote <laughs> here, the dog is a perv. I was like, why is the dog watching? 
He'd have to get off the couch, though, because they're doing he's it on still, the couch. He's still on so a chair. He's, like... he's still at, like, the right height. To, to... Uh, I genuinely think that song is called... Um... Oh, what was it? Uh, I think it's called Come In My Mind. Yes. Mm, and it's written by... Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> yeah. He just uh, must have come up with it the night before or something. Wrote the or, theme tune, sang the theme. I bet that, that bit was just supposed to end with them eating poultry in pairs. And he was like, no, <laughs> put a sexy bit in. Yeah. Yeah, there's also, I noticed uh, up above them, there's a poster about each and every sea in the world. Yeah, I liked that. Years. That was good. That's like a thing you would have in your flat as, you, as a 20-year-old, you know, like... Um, and then my notes say they bunk her fringe off. Because there was a bit of back and forth about whether she had a fringe or not. She essentially looks different in every single scene. In this I don't think this was shot at the same time. I think they were doing this while doing other projects. Oh, but the seasons changed wildly as well. Yes. Some old guy on TV, some senator, is going on about a conspiracy of how a load of other senators have been killed in mysterious circumstances. Yeah. This is uh, grandma watching dead. it. Two and dead just, accidents. And then we cut to what turns out to be Grandma's dream. That's cause. Did you not notice the wibbly wobbly part so we knew it was a dream? I saw and appreciated the wibbly wobbly yes. part. I just I thought like, it was because there was there was there was a big <laughs> cord no. held all the way through it in the background. There that was, was a like, big wibbly wobbly scene as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right, just yeah. like that. Of literally what happens in a minute, but Lila gets up to sing her part, has a weird sort of um, what do they call it? Like anxiety dream, because there's yeah. no music on the pieces of paper. And then this Colin fella comes down and just slaps the shit out of her. It was genuinely quite a creepy. Yeah, I reckon he really yeah. did. I reckon, yeah. And then Nana wakes up. We get more shitty music. Yes. So it cuts to an audition, but it's not that audition because this wasn't really made clear. But there's. Another audition that Chris is doing for three, I'm assuming record execs or nightclub owners or something. But this is taking place during the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. And did anyone catch any of the lyrics? Because you know that I did. Uh, At this point, I was like, another song I have to sit through. (laughs) I'm assuming it's about rocking. You would have thought so. I mean, it, um, it varies a little bit. I'm not concerned with my own mortality. My ultraviolet reserves are mean. I'm not certain about that line. But, that um, doesn't flow, okay? It's something about ultraviolet. They've not None got the rhyme scans. dictionary, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you come in my mind and see... Oh, this must I be coming in my mind, then. <laughs> Look out through my eyes to the deep blue skies. Tell me what you see or you it's find with me. <laughs> Forever with me you'll be. Oh, we'll live down <laughs> under the sea. Shut up, that's not real. That is real. And then it goes... He found the rhyming dictionary in the end then. Well, was the end, he went mental, didn't he? Yeah. I'm just going to have a look and see, because I did make a note somewhere of who wrote each and every song. That is... That's, it's coming if it's coming in my mind, that is uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. I'm going to add that yep, to the yep, Spotify right. playlist. Oh, uh, it's written by two other people as well, yeah. And he had help. I mean, there are some. Sort of <laughs> I'm assuming uh, music. Uh, I think the was a music part of it, and he wrote the lyrics because he was like C B <laughs> Diddly G. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll live do, down under the sea. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and Grandma like six years up. after Little Mermaid. This, yeah. 
Yeah, Grandma turns up in all her finery. Well, she's had a vision. Yeah, so you've got a doll up to go in and tell you people your vision. Into this nightclub. Chris goes outside to have a talk with her rather than just doing it in the corner of the room because the rest of the band stop at his behest. He takes her outside to like the fire exit and she's like, you have to stop Lila going to this audition because she's going to get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's probably not the worst. I mean, she only got, nearly got shot the other day. If it wasn't for Elwood, she'd have been dead. <laughs> and he goes, Nana, get out of here. And she just and he just lets her walk off down this filthy alleyway. Open daytime. Well, she opens the door and then bright, like literally midday sunlight beams through. And you're like, I thought this was like a sexy nightclub thing. It goes back in, the record people have left, left Leaving behind of three glasses of tea in the rear. Yeah. And I'm like, that's probably why they left, because they're not raging alcoholics. Thinking <laughs> <laughs> tea Maria at eleven in the morning. <laughs> Jim Bean, it's all he's got left. I think, no, well, just like, hang on a minute, I've got to wait for it to refill. <laughs> I don't think they were record execs anyway. I think they were just lawyers from Disney. <laughs> Check out the lyrics. Is this where we meet the French girl whose name I can't remember? I didn't yes. write it down. Yes, we to, get oh, Megan. Megan. Yeah, so it goes to like the CWU offices. Um, and two people are there watching an advert for government by the wisest people. So this is about world government, and it's uh, sort of starring this Colin Gramercy, who's watching it with Megan, this French woman, whose backstory is never fully explained. And she begins praising him for being a good spokesman. And then she takes off his shirt, and he's still tucked in. So it's like he's got a little skirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought there's like slightly more sex in here. I'm like, oh, yeah. we've, reached, we've reached the sexy portion of the film. Okay. The audition happens. And it happens exactly as, as as Nana dreamed it. For some reason, Chris is there. I think he was auditioning for musicians as well. Yeah, because when the guy says, right, you can all go, he's like gutted. Yeah. Because there's one guy stood there that looks like, yeah, looks like the guitarist from Pearl Jam. She does her audition. Uh, she does this this song that she sings. She the song she knows. Numerous times throughout the film, <laughs> she sings this song. You're not going to talk about the fact that there was a woman in a denim country jacket beforehand who didn't do a country song. She doesn't even know, it could have kicked in the country. She never gets to finish. That's her oh, line. She enough. says it twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, they also very... share chewing gum, Chris and Lila. Yeah, well, no. you know. No, because she hands it to him and it... And then, yeah, he just sticks it in his mouth. And... No. Maybe it's coronavirus, but... Maybe it's pear. Masticated pear. Maybe he only knows the names of two pear. foods. Yeah. Yeah, so Lila does a middle of the road thing and everyone laughs it laps it up. Yeah. And they're like, that's enough, we've seen everything. Uh Colin is besotted Colin comes with and her. just glares at her. Stares at her while she's singing, and that put me off. He's like, All right, creep. I mean, I've played for less than one person before now, but yeah. She's like, Oh, I got the job. And then they tell everyone else to Mitch off. And Chris is angry about this because Chris is just like permanently angry, like because everything's not going his way. Because he doesn't really try to help himself, does he? He doesn't try and better his lot. He just drinks his two mouthfuls of Jim Beam a night, and then she's like, "Well, I'll stop then as well. I won't do it." And he's like, "No, we need the money because spoilers, Nana's gonna die soon." So they go off for a, a nice walk. Around a quarry scree. and then a beach. <laughs> and yeah. there's some scree. Because I know how you love scree, James. <laughs> it's like the big salad of this series. <laughs> okay. 
moody sand kicking on the beach. Yeah, and I, 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 at this point, I was just like, I don't know what the plot of this film is. Oh, no, I kind of understood this because he's a bit bummed out that, you know, everything's working out for her and she's happy and they're taking stock of their relationship and he sits down on a tree to do some whittling or... I can't understand what he's doing. I watched it twice and he's either doing that or solving a Rubik's Cube. I can't make up my mind, bitch. Well, we're 30 minutes in and I'm none the wiser as to what is happening in this film. No, but they're talking about, oh, we'll be together forever. Yes. So it's like, well, you're not going to be, are you, if you're saying this? We then cut to the inside of like a revivalist church. No, is this not... We we find out what Colin's doing first. Does she not go for an audition book? They've put it back two hours and not told her. Oh, yes. sorry. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, oh, you should come and hang out with the CWU. Yeah. Like, and okay. He's, I thought he's so planting a, seeds that will grow into a united world. And then he offers her a brooch. He says some yeah, there's a lot of them. Little, stuff, I quite want one of them little pin badges. That would be a nice little. CWU. He says some bollocks about everyone becoming gods and that she needs to hear the truth about. Uh, I don't know, his stripy waistcoat, because his, his waistcoat was very striped. He's got a lot of no-dad waistcoats, hasn't he? <laughs> he looked like a snooker player. <laughs> I think he uses the term spiritually unevolved quite a lot mm. as well, which uh, seems like cheating at Pokemon. does sound like a very 90s buzzword. Yeah. Uh, he also holds a hand as well to show her around, which was very forward. Oh, the mate, tumbler. the bit later on where they're kissing and he rubs her arm raw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> She'd have had, oh, stop it, Colin. My arm's chapped. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Grandma's loose after that. <laughs> <laughs> the Revivalist Church. This was my favourite oh, scene in the whole film. It. There's a lady in a blue hat who, like, you know, in a Revivalist Church, everyone's like, oh, going like crazy. She yep. just puts one hand up and goes, oh, Lord Jesus. And I'm like, that's <laughs> the worst acting. That's what I'd be like in that situation. Like, I know how this is done. <laughs> But I don't have the confidence. <laughs> I would certainly not have the confidence to do as Diane Ladd does, who's in the middle of all of this. She gives it um, large. Yeah. She says, this brother here. And I thought, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, and she's uh, exercising him of somebody. What was his malady? Does anybody know? He, I don't... Migraine. He had a demon in his head oh. that gave him migraines. Right. Okay. Because I thought, um, I've got one of them and all. She cures that Get through Diane Ladd on the case. Heal me, Jesus. Shove. <laughs> <laughs> but he wins the award for the best acting. He's just falling over. I know he just falls over. It's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trust fall exercise, I guess. But and she is revealed as Sister Kate. Yeah. Yes. And the suspect card <sighs> comes back at this point. What? Oh, you know the card that was playing during the dream sequence. Yeah. When she goes oh. to see when um, Grandma Ruth goes to see Sister Kate, this card reappears in the background. Wow. As almost no as if idea. it's like some sort of lazy foreshadowing, yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah, Grandma says that she's been to the police um, who didn't have a visions department or something like that. <laughs> Which I imagine is just some fat police detective going, get out. <laughs> Why wasn't that a scene? <laughs> we can't deal with supernatural crime, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm going to form the minority I'm going to go and speak to a, um, a, a faith healer then. All right, bye. Yeah, and she talks about spiritual deliverance, but at that point, I couldn't quite trust her because I haven't got over the fact that she gave birth to a dino in the last film. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe she also hints at this point that both 
Lila and Chris are supposed to be teenagers. Yes. And so I was clearly like, not. They're about 25 if they're a day. Yeah, they've got their own, their own flat in Hollywood. They're absolutely not 16. Their own flat in Hollywood. They've got a motorbike <laughs> and they've a car. as much business as being teenagers as Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a entourage do being in high school. Like, clearly not. <laughs> Really I, mean, I can sort of let that slide because they put younger people around them, like so it didn't seem too bad. But yeah, she says, "Oh, help her because she is a teenager." And I was like, "Is she?" <laughs> but she has uh, to come to church because what she does isn't yeah. voodoo. Yeah. Also, I don't do house calls. The next scene, she's doing a well, house you were call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we get a wibbly wobbly teacup. So I wrote, "Is this a?" Yeah, I, I was really hoping that the T-Rex from last week was going to bust through the window. <laughs> <laughs> like Raptor Jesus was going to reappear. Like in Jurassic Park. You know, with the... <laughs> well, Grandma says, if you do not try, a beautiful young girl will die. Which I thought was automatically a better line than anything. That a Chris reappears around the corner, writes that in his lyrics book. I'm having that now, cheers. <laughs> but she has a thing about the two of them being together because we see that she's also got a shrine to Lila. <laughs> She's got a weird picture of them. <laughs> well, she says when she gives him, when she goes to tell him, she gives him two options of marry her or take her, like, let her go back home. It's like, those are the only two options, do we? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, she's from St. Louis, isn't she? Yeah. And it's like, what? why? What's Marion going to do to save her? They won't recall her back to St. Louis? I don't know. <laughs> you see, this is why I think this should have been on Dove.org or whatever it's called, the, the religious is reviewing site. It, it's unfortunately it isn't because they would fucking love this Craig's like you know you won't be tormented by demons unless you're I mean, there's literally a bit at the end pop. where I'm not going to ruin it but God shows up <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of opera singing at this point right from... Megan French Megan Colin's playing the piano Megan's singing is this how you summon and control the demons that's exactly what I wrote. Is this how they're doing it? Because later on, one's just bombing about on the roof. <laughs> they do have a bit of a mind of their own. The, the graphics on this are just something else. There was one really good bit I liked. So she's in the house and uh, Megan's singing, oh, like this thingy. And it does that um, Stranger Things... Yeah, coming out uh, the wall. The wall thing, which I always like, it always scares me. Like where they press out of the, it's just like a rubber sheet over a wall. Yeah. But then instead of going back to that, they just have them like fade through it. Yep. Yeah. And what does Granny do to protect herself? Goes she prays the angrily. She shuts the door, yeah, just shuts the door. I was like, yes, go Granny Ruth. <laughs> Demons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in the ensuite. Don't bother me. Take your Miss Harder. <laughs> To see them go through a wall, they'll go through another wall. <laughs> yeah, but they won't, they won't violate me on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> they can get through the wall, but they can't get through a wooden door. <laughs> That's what she's thinking. It, and, then all, and then she comes out of the toilet somehow, and then they just push her down the stairs. Oh, but Sister Kate's car has broken down. Yeah, so they're doing she two things She doesn't get to the once. house in time, yeah. Oh, I think she also yelled something at the car, but I couldn't pick it up. But yeah, it sound, I couldn't get that. It sounded James, funny. What did she say? I didn't catch that. Oh. Yeah, she yelled something, and I, I I, think it was like, God damn you, Satan, or something along those lines. I think it's something like that. Yeah, like, Satan, I hope Satan was her, like, Hispanic mechanic. Jesus. It's another one for uh, yeah, Chris's lyrics book. Satanic mechanic. Uh, no, she dies at the, at the foot of the stairs, but before she does, she tells Sister Kate, who finally gets there on foot, to save the children. 
They've clearly regressed even further in her mind. Not even teenagers anymore. It's a Benjamin Button situation. And then when she dies, it's the equivalent of what I used to do as a kid and just stick your tongue out. Ugh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of goes, I'm dead now. This is Shelley Winters. Like, actress Shelley Winters. Didn't understand it. Still don't understand the singing summons the ghosts, controls them. Don't know. Doesn't answer. Never um, picked up a pong. Uh, but nope, but nope. Granny Ruth is dead now, so Chris starts drinking hard liquor again. He does. He's back on it. He's back on the keg. Well, he does correctly guess that it isn't a guitar-related emergency this time. So he doesn't take his guitar <laughs> with him. Um, he just carries it everywhere. He's one of them people. You go to a house party, there's always someone <laughs> with an acoustic guitar who just plays Wonderwall and one of their own songs they've written. It's terrible. Come in my mind. <laughs> Kate, Sister Kate offers him sympathy, but he uh, he he nabs a shoebox from the place, which has in it a bottle of whiskey and a picture of his old gran. Why she had that lying around? It's just her emergency death kit. I mean, if I die, bust out shoebox. Yeah, <laughs> but it does also have a gun in it, presumably because he's got Granny's gun. He does so have a gun. I, I wonder. I must. I said I missed that bit where he got the gun from. So I was like, "Where has he got a gun from?" The person you'd least expect. So he's just sad now, and he's drinking. Yep. And he goes home, and he says think... some hurtful things to Lila. He does. And the Ooh, worst thing, he tells Axel him. to shut up. He says, "Save it, dog." Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't know uh, Axel's name yet. Axel, unsung hero of this film. <laughs> uh, yeah, the dog barks at him because it has a strong moral compass. Yeah, uh, also, Lila he's busting for a slash. <laughs> uh, Lila is doing her makeup because she has rehearsals with Colin, and uh, Chris takes unkindly to this and has fun, fun, smashy time. Yeah, you see, at least Jake from Kick Puncher, <laughs> at least he expressed his, his frustration, joy, and, you know, generous sense of weave kicking. <laughs> But Chris is different. He expresses it through smashing his guitar into things. Into the TV that is then re- replaced later on. <laughs> so Probably it's the mirror. The mi- right. Now, continuity errors here. When he kicks that mirror in, the whole glass falls out, doesn't it? And yet later yeah, on, when so. he's getting ready to disguise himself as a homeless <laughs> man, it's just cracked. Yeah. Nicely. Yeah. Fitted yeah. it back, didn't it? <laughs> I think I wrote it down. When did the mirror get fit? Yeah. Uh, he puts his... his uh, Red, red Stratocaster through the TV and kicks the mirror over. The dog just stays there. The dog's not bothered. It's like this again. <laughs> and Lila leaves. And she's like, you big jerk hole. I think never that- having learned that his grandma's died. She never picks up on why he's upset and turns to drink or anything. I mean, we don't know how much time well, has passed. No, because she said she tried to ring him at his grand's. Yeah. Her. She does but mention she, she knew it. She knew it, she was dead, but it yeah, it was a weird bit of dialogue. Yeah. Anyway, it cuts to him drink driving in his car. As you do goes into driving a erratically because that's the only way he can drive. It's the only way anyone in this film can drive. It's just a hundred miles an hour swerving willy nilly. And then I wrote, "Ooh, electric portal." <laughs> yeah. Uh, he gets attacked the by a blue electric doobity doo. I don't know. Never explained. Uh, he, flip, the car. he flips the car and then car go boom. <laughs> car just bursts into just, Cars are always about 30 seconds from exploding at any given time. Yeah. That was you a electric portal. 
I don't think it's Electra Portal. I'm sure like a demon pushes him a bit or something. something <laughs> like something like appears that. and like tickles him or something. And he, yeah, he ramps his car off into the side. Grandma didn't see that coming. She's dead. It yeah, didn't go all wobbly before that, did it? Didn't have any visions about anything pertinent. No, really. Just uh, someone getting slapped, which never happened anyway. So she was only fifty percent <laughs> right on that. And then the Blues Brothers turn up and rescue Blues Chris from the, right. from the flames. But the explosion of that car, he would be dead. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the flip of that car, he would be dead. Wearing his seatbelt is fine. Yeah, they would have difficulty getting him out then, wouldn't they? He the Angels slash Blues Brothers <laughs> slash Men no. in Black. Because they've well, got waves. He does have some injuries, though, because he's then taken to hospital, hospital. How yes. did he get to hospital, hospital? Because the Blues Angels, Brothers mate. just leave him on the side. Yeah, well, someone will find him. And this that, this path of highway that doesn't look very well populated. They don't it looked like Roadrunner had drawn a tunnel on it. That's what <laughs> yeah. it looked like. To be fair, the explosion of that car was probably visible from space. So someone <laughs> would have seen it. And he got them in the space tower going, space station going, oh shit, another car on fire. I hope we the demons again. <laughs> yeah, hospital, hospital. <laughs> so good, yeah, they named it twice. <laughs> He's, uh, he's lying in bed. I wondered what you thought of his hospital room. <laughs> he's got a tagine pot in it for one thing. <laughs> I was going to say, he had, I was like, mm, fancy. <laughs> uh, he's got no job. How's he paying for that health care and his tagine? Oh, that's a good point. Roof, mate. That health insurance is kicking him. He's still on her. He's not told her she's dead yet. <laughs> he's got the death certificate hidden. Uh, Lila comes in. And he's like, I can't be with you while you're trying to destruct yourself or something. It's basically they break up. And then as, because I was like, he isn't a sympathetic character. I don't feel sorry for him because he's not done anything to make his life better. All right, his grand's died, but she was old. You know, life goes on. (laughs) Remember the the good times, like, you know, when she used to give you all that money. <laughs> and your turkey pears. And your turkey pears. You plate the pear and turkey. But as she right, as she leaves, he right, I don't know whether it's it's ADR over the top or whatever, but he says Violet very quietly. That would make sense because Katie watched the film at this point and said, Oh, I like the name Violet. And I was like, No, her name's Lila. So I think it was, but that would make said, sense. I yeah. think it was filmed over two different bits and they, mm. they cut together. Or they, or they dubbed it back over or whatever. I don't know. But um... Colin meets her at the hosp- hospital hospital. I'm like, how is he there? Why is he there? How does he know? <laughs> I'm assuming he dropped her off because the, the only the only um, transport she had access to is on fire now. <laughs> <laughs> she could have had the motorbike. Women can't ride motorbikes in these films. <laughs> Not um... like me, just the rules. Uh, he's got another waistcoat on though. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he had another 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 groovy waistcoat on buttoned up to the top. And he meets Sister Kate, Sister Kate. coming yeah. out of the lift. Not before he's holding her he's holding Lila by the waist. Yep. And then he touches mm. her around the neck as well as he gets uh, her in the lift. Which saying just, that she should stay at the CWU. Dorms. Yeah, we've got we've got dormitories there. Nothing good has ever come from staying in a dormitory. Ever. No. Sister Harry Kate. Potter. Springs out of the lift <laughs> and then offers a support despite never being introduced. I genuinely think Diane Ladd had increased her dosage while she was filming this because she's on fire. She is uh, mental and I love it. She is then pushing Chris around in a car park, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, well, she moves like a laundry in a wheelchair, and she literally stops about an inch away from pushing him into a tree. <laughs> uh, talking all the while about brainwashing and how CWU are brainwashing people. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, I really don't care. I want to go home." And she's like, "Well, can you get up and walk?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then she does, yeah. "Oh Lord, he's healed and stuff." And I'm like. She's doing, she's doing was, a lot. Literally, the world's worst. I was laughing at that part. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, he's, she says that if he loves Lila, then he needs to march up and, and say so. Um, and go and get her back. Go and get up. her back, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, right. But then, yeah, so all that time he was just being manipulative. Like, hmm, I want somebody to push me around in the wheelchair. I mean, I would. And then she's equally around. manipulative in making everybody think that she's a faith healer. I mean, so. she is. She manages to stop the triangle faced child in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before that, we cut back to the apartment and Lila is packing her bags. And this is what makes me think it's 1996 is there is a sound garden poster on the wall for Super oh, Unknown. Good spot. Yeah, and I thought that was released in 1995. No, 94 it was released, but I don't think it really took hold until later on. So just a fun fun little joke okay. fact there. They go to CWU's headquarters where somehow they have access to the entire world's facial recognition software at this yep. point. And Chris is dubbed a certain risk. risk. <laughs> Not high risk, certain risk. I didn't get that because it gets his name right. He, he spells out his name. can't remember what it is exactly. Not important. Um, and then it goes through all the iterations of a face until it gets to his. But it keeps the name. So is it just like looking at all the people with his name? Chris, motorbike guy, yeah. Right, okay. Even... Even IMDb doesn't have his surname. He's just listed as Chris. It's D'Amico, I think. Oh, and it does say on there when it comes up with his address and it's something like Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood kid. To Hollywood Street, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the security guard just goes, yeah, get out. And he goes, no. And then another security guard appears. And then Sister Kate is like, demons in the roof. <laughs> and they flee. Because <laughs> it's twizzling around up there. It takes, yeah. takes ages to actually reach them or threaten them in any way. Got to get down from Chandelier. Well, nobody else can see it, apart from Sister Kate. That's when she tells him that she can see angels and demons. Yeah, she has the power of discernment, which is not what that is. Uh, but they're dri- <laughs> she's driving along in her brown car at ridiculous speeds, weaving in and out of traffic. She re- reveals all this information, and Chris's response... Check, please. I thought it would have been funnier if he'd have said taxi, given that he's in a car. <laughs> I mean, if just open the car door and rolled out. <laughs> he goes, I don't want any of this. Oh, you're a church person. I want none of this. I'm off. She goes back into her church, I'm guessing, and there is a spooky kid singing. No good ever comes of a spooky child singing. I wanted to just point out, though, that at this point it's no. autumn for some reason. Yeah, it cuts around. <laughs> there's leaves everywhere. Yeah, there's this creepy child that's painting. It was, it was genuinely creepy right up until the point that his face turned into a pyramid. With a knick-knack party, what, give the dog a bone. <sighs> was that what it Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, And then she starts going on about how she didn't save her from her stepdad. Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this now. And then... Then someone... it gets better. Someone then just puts a funhouse mirror over the camera lens and I started laughing. And then for some other bizarre reason, they started doing weird stuff with their eyes. 
like a Snapchat filter replacing them with golf balls or something. I was just laughing, thinking if you if you're possessed by a demon, your face will go triangular. Oh, that's not good. What about Sophie Ellis Baxter? <gasps> <laughs> it's like they just overthought that bit. Piece of trivial pursuit. <laughs> a slice of cheese. A Toblerone. <laughs> These are all things that her face looked like. A uh, creepy child tells her that God hates you. I don't actually know what happens as a result of all of that. Nothing. She just banishes it by in a very easy way. She just holds out her like, crucifix. Cru- not a cru- just a cross. Not even a crucifix. It's a cross. Yeah, and she just, just goes, go away. Goes, go back to hell. And he's like, okay, bye. All right. <laughs> I'm taking these crayons, though. <laughs> oh, they've all melted. It's hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it felt like a filler. Well, it all felt like filler. Colin, Colin gets out of a yeah. car wearing a, it must be the 90s, very long black leather trench coat. Yes, mm. as is the standard party yeah. wear. I mean, what I, when I'm going into a sweaty nightclub, what I like to wear is the sweatiest thing I can possibly imagine. A massive black duster, yeah. You had a long black leather coat. It was the 90s. I had to. Standard issue. It just reminded me of that flight of the Concords thing where they all get leather suits. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't to the ground. It wasn't like Columbine length. That's because you went was to it cult before, leader. Was it before or after the Matrix? I'd say around the same time as. Yeah. I had the Matrix on video, so that's how long ago that was, mm. yeah. Anyway. French Lady Megan is jealous because Colin is now obsessed with Lila. He's brought her with... And he her. just keeps touching her. It's, yeah, I didn't like... I'd have nutted him by now. I don't like being touched. I told you, wait, you get to the arm rubbing section. <laughs> There's protesters outside this place as well that say they have placards that say, Be not deceived by Satan's prophets. That's uh, good. I like that. Yeah. It's not very snappy, but it, it's sort of. It's better than CWU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's a reporter there, and Colin tells him that politicians are the problem. So there's a kind of like, yeah, non Leading up to something thing. here. Yeah. He sat on his couch, Chris, at home with his two mouthfuls of whiskey left in the bottle. And he, he goes, no, no more drinking for me. Gets his Monarchan Bagan disguise kit out <laughs> uh, and dresses himself up as a homeless man by putting a shirt on over the top of his clothes and a hat. Yeah. All you need. He, he then checks himself in the mirror that is now being sort of yeah, repaired by together, demons. Yeah. Which doesn't work because. A mirror that shattered wouldn't work. No. When he could have just used the bathroom mirror that he was at moments before instead. Seven years bad luck. He goes and sits next to a homeless man. Who offers um, him some pizza. Which is very yeah. nice of him. Yeah. Well, he was sort of like, no, oh, you're one of us because you've got a shirt and a hat on. <laughs> yeah. Standard homeless, homeless man attire. uniform. <laughs> and then this guy we saw before with the leaflets and the weird prison buzz shows up and he's like, oh, come with us for a hot meal. And I'm like, that guy's got a pizza. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he maybe stores that away for later, comes back. They get on this bus, they arrive at the centre, and one homeless man has never been in a building before because he's <laughs> amazed by everything. <laughs> Roof, doors, yeah, he was having a wave of a time. Oh. Chris runs away from the main party because no one is doing security at this place. And um, there's a lot of corridors. A lot of just running about. Jumping out at stuff. <laughs> parkour, parkour. <laughs> yeah, uh, I noticed at this point that he walks past a Colin Gramercy poster, which is it says like Colin Gramercy, and then it's got a silhouette that is not of Colin Gramercy. It's <laughs> a man with long flowing hair. 
that's just clearly not him. So I don't know what that was all about. It's Fabio from the end. And then he, he, uh, Chris wanders into a room where there's that senator that was on the news earlier. Yes, been old kidnapped, man senator. Brought into like this kind of conference center. Uh, say FBI, my ass. <laughs> I don't remember him being French Canadian. Has Chris took his coat off now because he no longer needs his homeless disguise? He does, yeah, yeah. he chucks it. Yeah. He, ch- he takes it off because if anyone stopped him, he'd be like, no, no, I'm just a normal person. Look, not homeless coat. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> on your coat. way then. So keep your hat on though. <laughs> um, and then a man comes on a telescreen and tells the senator. So Chris is watching this from like a kind of gallery above. And there's a crowd of people, Colin's there, Megan's there, goons are there. And the telescreen man says that he's funding the CWU. And the senator accuses him of trying to bring about an Orwellian new order. Um, and you guys are setting up a one world super state, which is our job. Prevalent, yeah. And that man on the telescreen, that's his, the only time that he shows up. Yeah, I, I was like, who bit. are you? And then he's never mentioned me again. Of a young Adrian Edmondson. I couldn't remember, to be honest. He's very sort of shadowy, and then he sort of moves closer and gets his lighting fixed or something. And then the senator says that they're robbing us of our national independence, which is our job. (laughs) And and then they shine a torch in his face, uh, and Satan turns up and gives him an electric shock. No, uh, he squeezes his heart, gives him a heart attack. Does he? But with extra lightning. Oh, I think that'd restart his heart, wouldn't you? <laughs> Machine that makes people better, except sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> He's dead of too much electric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Megan's there and she suggests that someone, as they, they all sort of clear out, Chris is still listening from up high, and Megan says to another goon that uh, someone ought to get shot at the show tonight to gain sympathy for the cause. And Chris is like... <gasps> Uh, and then rushes back to get his coat. Uh, yeah, I think um, Colin has left at this point, and the, the original plan was to assassinate Colin, but she changes right. it to, to Lila because she's angry that Colin she's no longer enough. finds her attractive or whatever. This yeah, man who was dispensable now has feelings for somebody else. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't it. understand, because I thought that there has to be some kind of sacrifice, doesn't there? Because there always does in these things. But, I mean, they've literally just murdered how many senators? I don't know. So maybe so Chris, Chris goes out of this, like, you know, running all the way, like, I've got my coat back and I want to, you know, save Lila and everything. And then goes into a room where she's playing music on the piano and then just stops because he doesn't want... Goes past uh, an elevator where the numbers one to seven are quite evenly spaced out and then seven to 13 are really bunched together on one side. But as he's, as he's running around the building, he pushes over that janitor. The problem makes me laugh. No, 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 that's after. That's after. He goes oh, in. She's oh. playing her one song that she knows and she, he's like, you need to come with me. Uh, someone appears. He does a bunk, pushes this janitor over, which I'm he like, like he doesn't even push him like into the path of the person behind him. He just whams him into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we cut to Sister Kate in her house with a big old CRT monitor on her desktop, looking up a books of demonology. Did anybody have a good look at the computer? Again, no. It had scrolled. I thought it had some sort of room. Yeah, there was a wolf and a Jesus. Ah, And then then two smaller ones at the side that I couldn't see. This is like bingo. Okay. So I got Jesus. Jesus Jesus for your house there. There Uh, there was a clear (laughs) 
Vitruvian Man is what I thought. Yeah, I saw the Vitruvian Man. Owl. Yeah. There was a, a winking owl and a bear punching a chicken. That's what I got. Oh, it's Thingy from it's like Blood a, Fist it's, been offering his drawings out again. It's Kwong's, Kwong's art all over again. Kwong. Um, yeah, and she's looking stuff up on the computer. Uh, no, she's reading She's reading, book, reading she? the book. She's pulling a book out and she opens it on the right page and it contains the demon Moloch, as it turns out, isn't anyway. Wasted a lot of time researching that. Yeah, get your research. No, it's not. It's, 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 What's it, that all it, about? It, it, it's a form of sacrifice. It's, yeah, it's a whole thing. It wasn't a demon, apart from in Paradise Lost, which is not like... It's Punic. I think it's a Punic yes. god. Well, no, they, they think, they think like it was basically a form of sacrifice to appease like the, 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 the gods of um, Harvest. But it was, took, the, took the form of this it's big famous... thing that you would... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a symbol yes. of Carthage as well as the big brass ball. And um, Moloch as well features in an Allen Ginsberg poem. Uh, yeah. It's a bit of culture here. Got no more than that. It doesn't, doesn't feature uh, anymore. The light bulb that. explodes. That and then the computer does a little spark. Yep. And then we have wibbly wobbly furniture. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, this is a dream. This is a vision of Lila in the white dress. Yeah, she's got a white dress and all blood up her front in a forest. In a field, in yeah. In a field, yeah, in a, in a meadow, we'll say. It needs mowing. It's yeah. One really man cold. should get there. <laughs> get that creepy kid to sing it to him. Oh, don't. No, Triangle Face has got, <laughs> gone back into the, uh, the Toblerone pack with the rest of the Triangle Face children. Lila and Colin are walking through to the his, gardens. To his private nice compound, gardens. which has a guard at the gate. Private compound. Any sort of compound is never good feature. when it's to do with religion cults. No. After after dormitories, the private That's compound. That's how it goes, no. yeah. It looked like a haunted house, though. A haunted house compound. It's very ruined from... I mean, the gardens are nice, but then I think... because. Chris comes back to it later, and I was like, where the fuck is he? He's just a ruin. Needs to so go to the quadrant. Not the illusion. We get to the arm stroking bit. <laughs> yeah, where she... Your favourite. No, I just want to point out that there is a guard that they walk past to get into this thing, who clearly clocks off at, like, seven in the morning and doesn't come back till later on, because Chris just literally walks straight in later on. He seduces her by going, come on, then. And she goes, all right. <laughs> uh, while Megan watches and goes, seeds in the corner... Lila does find a book that is like the streets will be full of their dead children and other like nice light things like that. And he just he's just like, oh, ignore that. Here's a drink. Rubbity, 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 rub on her arm. <laughs> it's bright red. <laughs> he kisses her and then she says that she can't. And then he kisses her some more. She goes, she goes I can't do this. And he goes, yeah, she can. And she goes, oh, you're right. I can. I've got a really hot arm. <laughs> You can fry an egg on that. It cuts back to Chris, who's watching something with Axel. Uh, they're watching an advert. Yeah, and we find drinking, out the dog's called uh, Axel. They're yeah. drinking bottled water. To show that he's not drinking anymore. <laughs> yeah. That might just be a, a cool thing that people did, but, you know, like, yeah. And then, dun, 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 all hell, but someone gets a leaf blower in his flat. <laughs> Axel is not happy with this his shit floating about the house. Yeah, it goes everywhere. He's blown up against the wall as this thing, thing appears. From that. He's got blood coming out of his nose. Did he? Uh, yeah, and then oh. Sister Kate turns up and a fridge tries to attack her <laughs> and she prays it away. She used her mind powers to freeze the fridge. No fridge, it's nothing. It's funny though, how the fridge just sort of Put like a bit of cellotape on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Again, 
Like, what? Even it, it would have been better if the fridge was going, nom, 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 at the door, like coming towards her. That would have been better. She prays it all the way and it sort of dies down because it's. Everything goes place. back to where it was before. Now, this is the thing. So he magically sucks all that blood back up his nose or something because it's not there. Anymore. He uses his little soul patch there to dry oh, it That off. annoyed me. I was like, you look like you've got a dirty lip. Sort it out. And well, he's only his... 16, to be fair. <laughs> when he hits puberty, his... that's really going to kick in. Oh, man. No, that makes the sex statue. even weirder. Oh, no. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, his weird cat statue remains where it is. So that's <laughs> fine. And, yeah, uh, Satan, she says, is a winged, roaring lion. He goes by many names. Oh, Didn't, yeah. I mean, the full of wisecracks like that. Back in the compound, Lila's walking about. How does Chris know she's there and not in the hotel CWU place? He just turns up at the haunted compound. I was a bit confused by that. I like everything's got nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, plot device. Maybe sobriety gives him clarity of vision. He's but got granny's as gun she's, As she's walking about the haunted, um, the abandoned, what do we call it? The haunted complex. <laughs> On there's a big framed poster behind her of a demon face. Mm, there is. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, why is that there? <laughs> if you're I'm walking about like, someone's it? house and they had a big picture of a scary face, you'd be like, is this your, an original work of yours? <laughs> is this your yeah. aunt? Yeah. It's just a weird thing that I thought, they put that in there as like some sort of spooky foreshadowing, but it just looks really out of place and janky. There's a lot of Aztec imagery in this. In fact, in the, the last place that he was at, where there was a reporter asking him stuff. That was called the Mayan. There's a lot of Aztec ar- architecture yeah. in this. And then he's got a very snazzy Aztec shirt on there. Oh, I love his shirt. I've just put, he's got a very fancy top on now. Mm. It's purple and funky. It's uh, Chris just walks into the haunted compound because the yeah. security card's not always gone for a sig. And he just walks in. He's got a gun. He goes to, like, gets the gun out to smash the window so he could look hard and, like, cool for once. Tries the handle. It's open. This is the worst haunted compound I've ever been in. <laughs> he goes upstairs. He pulls the gun on Colin, who now has Hocus Pocus powers. Yeah, so he makes the flame in the fireplace billow out and, and then like, snatches his gun off him. Mr. Majika's the gun off him, yeah. Don't know maybe why. He's, maybe he's built up his manor playing the um, piano loads before and or something. <laughs> His manner, yeah. He's got he's got eight available spell slots. <laughs> yeah, it's... and one is roaring great. It'd be control F, control flame. It would. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a cantrip. We can do that at will. Uh, he threatens to bash Chris's head in with a poker, and I'm like, "Do it! Go on! We can all go home." <laughs> Lila appears. Chris rushes past this guy with the poker, picks the gun up, and he's like. It felt very much like that bit in Blazing Saddles. Don't move, like, he arrests himself. So <laughs> don't move or I'll shoot him. Because it was like, you're not going to kill your girlfriend, are you, mate? Like, they get in a car. Uh, they have a police chase. They yeah. drive through a ghost baby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's visions that appear. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, this gets very, like, Red Dwarf with the things that are real and things that are not real. Because, yeah, they drive through a ghost baby, which he had no problem plowing through. Right, he wasn't stopping for that. Luckily, yeah. it was an illusion; otherwise, he'd have like homicide on his rap sheet as well. And that prophecy would have been true. And it was one uh, of them old-fashioned silver cross prams that would cost like baby probably would have been fine because yeah. they're like tanks, aren't they? Yes. 
Uh, and then he there's a cop car, there's a cop motorbike in front of him who's like, stop, stop. He stares around it, clips it, crashes into a pile of scree. Yes. <laughs> scree, uh, big And check. then the cop gets out of the car and gives a series of bewilderingly confusing instructions to him. <laughs> Get on. your hands up, put your hands on the wheel. Get, he's like, what do you want me to do? It's not the Macarena. <laughs> oh, hang on, I need this for the next lyrics of my song. <laughs> put your hands in the air like you just don't care. They send oh. him to prison for kidnapping? Yeah. yeah. Which she very easily could have said no. Well, she's screaming at the police like, Chris, Chris. Yeah. That it's all like, happens, by the way, next to the Hollywood sign. You can see that in the background. Yes, it's it's to show that they're in what appears to be late summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the autumn leaves have been blown away. God, he's took his time for a rescuer, hasn't he? Bloody hell. She's been in that haunted compound for like six months. Maybe time moves slower in the haunted compound. <laughs> the guard died of old age, yeah. And then it's the opening night of this big thing. Oh, God. Oh, hang on, though, because Chris calls Kate while oh. he's in front of a sketch artist who for some reason is bothering to sketch <laughs> the things that he's asked him to, which includes a sketch of some pleasant men and I think just it looks like... If it turned around and it was Quan. <laughs> it could have been, you know, it could have been. But I don't know, I don't know really what that process was for because usually that's for victims, isn't it? To that's normally for like mugging victims or, yeah. yeah. But he is the principal suspect in this case. Just hold a mirror up. Just draw this, mate. And... <laughs> <laughs> but not on this mirror because it's all cracked. All our... I've got bad history with mirrors. <laughs> all our cameras are broke, so we have to draw all our suspects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he tells Kate to come bail him out. Bail him out. She arrives. Doesn't go into the building. Bails him out by proxy because when he comes out, <laughs> he just jumps in the car and they peel away. So she must have thrown the money through the window or something. Or used a spiritual arm to put... I don't know. <laughs> Opening night, we get... Oh, the longest scene ever of this band get, singing. Whoa, whoa. Non, Non-union Dave Vanian from the damned singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this the old band? Uh, it was never... I don't think so. I, no, I couldn't tell. I didn't recognise anyone. Time's passed. I mean, that would have been... That would have been haircuts. It would have been cyclical. Cyclical. Mm. Yeah. Cyclical. The lead singer is getting the most out of his red velour jacket. <laughs> yeah. It's a lovely jacket. He puts Fun. on a performance. Fun. Yeah, he keeps running back to that piano. Ding, 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 ding. Runs back out again, yeah. They've got three guitarists, but no piano player. So that's why it made me think it could be the old band, because they've got another guitarist to fill Chris's role in for his, his second guitar. Well, we just the notes that are left over. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a bit spinal tap this it goes on a bit long and I think they keep going new world order or something like that don't they one world one that's it yeah people being evil <laughs> well being yeah, evil at the centre of the the vanity walk at the front of the stage there's a circle with a pentagram in it yeah. in like they that. show it quite a lot it's black tape on a black floor but it's on like a Playing a uh, plate of glass. I'm assuming it's supposed to be underlit at some point in a sort of like surprise, evil. <laughs> I didn't notice that is. because I took the time to scribble down that there were a set of steps that were on stage just at the side or something. And uh, that's for the tap number, the evil tap number later. <laughs> <laughs> evil River Dance. This this song is One World and it was created by uh, Terry Plumeri, the um, the music director or something. Oh, the, the, the poor man's Danny Elfman. And yeah, Terry Plain, yeah. It, it, was, it was a competent song. It just reminded me of 
that bit in Spinal Tap where they get their arms caught in the pods. It felt <laughs> it had that sort of vibe about it for me. Yeah. Uh, pentagram on the floor, and then there's also this. Uh, Chris comes out and does his song with eight thousand backing singers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. Colin. Colin comes out and does his song in his shiny, um, skin tight top. Yeah. That was not a good choice for him because he also had that leather jacket on and a silver shirt. Mm. And it was just a really weird mix. Lila's there in that. Um, white, almost like a sacrifice. Yeah. Subtle. Uh, and uh, he tells her not to be nervous, but wearing a silver shirt and leather jacket. Yeah. It's fine. She does this dance and goes, ooh, occasionally. <laughs> it's because it's not the song she knows. Why did she audition? Oh. Is it not the song? She, what? Oh, it's not the, the, the one song she, she knows. She knows one song, doesn't she? <laughs> the she sadness come in my brain ball. or whatever it's called. <laughs> she was picked at an audition for singing and then is asked to dance. Like She does do some singing. She goes, ooh, a couple of times. But there's also two other women behind her and then like a choir of there's 12 women choir, off to yeah. the side as well. And everyone's well, wearing black apart from her. All dancing just... like middle-aged people at a disco. Yeah, and it keeps... Snap cut in between uh, some guy setting up an assault rifle mm. to assassinate someone, but he's, he's a terrible assassin. He's got a piece of paper that says, The world, the hunger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's crossed out three of the things before that, which I assume was like, Get milk, walk, <laughs> <laughs> walk axle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually, it would have been so fascinating to know what, <laughs> to it see what was underneath those. <laughs> But surely, because The World, The Hunger, I thought was the song title, but it's not the song title, is it? I thought it was the bits where it was like, The World, The World, The Hunger, or whatever. But they were shouting One World, One People. It was nothing to do with that. Maybe the other three bits were the other three opening acts. So it was like the comedian, um, (laughs) Dave Dave Vanian's band, Evil Tap Dancers. Maybe it was just Colin his own. Colin and his lady choir. Just yeah. penning his own song while he's waiting to kill. <laughs> oh, here I go, kill him again. What um, rhymes with hunger? <laughs> gunga, gunga. Um, <laughs> uh, um, Chris and uh, Sister Kate bust into this thing by just walking in. Well, Sister Kate crashes her car in the parking lot. <laughs> For quite no unnecessarily. She's just uh, a bad driver. Jesus, take the they wheel. Immediately spot the assassin, which in is a room no full of things. Feet. Yeah, <laughs> a room full of things happening. Yeah, don't make sense. There's this boss tune going on. Chris shinnies up some scaffolding up what would appear to be two flights because when he throws the guy off, he goes, he does a big fall to his death. He gets the guy. They have a bit of a fight. They do a lot of pushy, pushy rifle onto <laughs> <Yeah>. each other, <laughs> uh, and they get onto the balcony, and someone's like. Well, someone's fired shots, but make sure we get a spotlight on these two dudes having a ruckus up here. <laughs> Chris pushes him off. He does a Wilhelm scream and, and falls to the ground and dies. And Colin like grabs Ly- Lila and runs out with her. Chris gives chase. Megan's also there. Megan. Megan appears, yeah. Megan appears dressed as a big Frero Rocher. <laughs> I was wondering what was going to come. It was weird. Oh, it, was, it was good. It was, a, it was a powerful piece of um, fashion. It was like oh. she wrapped herself in tinfoil. She accompanies that with an accent piece, which is a gun. And there's a gun she's, shot. She's, she's presenting. She, <laughs> Rero Roche, she's, 
She she dies. There's a struggle. Is it with Colin? It's with Colin because she's like, yeah. get out of the way and I'll shoot her and we can fulfill the prophecy or whatever. And Colin's like, no. Grabs her, hugs her, hugs her so hard the gun goes off and she just dies from being shot in the lower half. It's where I keep all my internal organs. Just in my knee, <laughs> knee to thigh area, I keep mine. It's where her internal hazelnut is. It's been oh. shattered. <laughs> I like that. But this apparently pisses off Big Chief Demon because he just appears rogue then. No, yeah, he zaps Colin. Chris, with... come, Chris, comes, Chris comes dashing out of that door like someone's thrown him <laughs> through it. I've <laughs> never <laughs> from before. I've like been pushed sometimes. <laughs> and he's mopped the floor so he slides up good as well. <laughs> yeah, Chris comes out and he's like, give her to me. This huge demon appears who looks pretty good, to be honest. Does remind me a bit of the kids' TV show Gargoyles. It's a similar look to about it. And then uh, he, <laughs> he he has a sword, which he then uses to electrocute Colin. It's an electric cattle prod. <laughs> yeah, he electric turns cattle it on sword. the one person. He doesn't need to. Yeah. Put, he zaps Colin with his tickle rod because yeah. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> he, oh, yeah, because Colin and Thingy have had a bit of a punch-up at this point. Uh, Colin and Chris have had a punch-up around the car for a bit. Sister Kate's there, and she's like... And then... Evil demon guy rounds the corner of the car, gets ready to strike him with his tickling stick again. Chris goes, Jesus, help me. Yeah. And I've lost my fucking brain at this point. I I audibly cheered at the TV. (laughs) Because at this point, ladies and gentlemen, shooting down from the sky, a golden star that cuts to, I'm assuming, Fabio, coloured in gold, long hair, big wings. And he's got a sword, and the two of them have a fight that lasts approximately thirty seconds. Uh, so and it's weird. not even the two people in the costumes fighting; it's like PlayStation One graphics fighting. It is, yeah. And it it's goes so on. Weird. It's also a clang, 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 clang. <laughs> one sound effect for every sword attack. It was brilliant. I. It was. It was great because it kept cutting to their faces. <laughs> <laughs> of of the two the two protagonists fighting. Fabio's it, like, hey. <laughs> well, yeah, they fight and fight. Everyone watches this. It goes back and forth for a bit. They fly Sister around. Kate is saying the Lord's Prayer while this He's is going on. He's doing some praying because that gives him power, which is on. This is like cheating. That's giving him buffs unnecessarily. Uh, he smacks the sword out of Moloch's hand. Doesn't kill him. Like Moloch flies off. Um, Fabio turns to camera and like does a thumbs up and then just flies off back to heaven. I saw something slightly different there because Go on. he did it. He did what I can only describe as like a it's like a Corporal Jones they don't like it up emotion <laughs> with his dagger. Once the devil has gone, so he's like, nah, 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 like just stab him wildly at the end. And a sec, maybe it was so they could now he had a 15 rating. So I was thought it's like it they might have not like been able to animate the stabbing sort yeah. of thing. Well, yeah, maybe. I just thought it just looked like I, he stopped. I don't even think that we turned to camera justice. and then went bye. <laughs> and flew off. <laughs> I I don't think we can put into words exactly how surreal that moment was. That it was, was. weird. And then there's a, a lovely beach scene after that, which more beach work. Nothing. Yeah, walking about on a beach. They do some. I want to say singing. No, it's cringe. He does some just looking in or talking in or doing the thing. He does like some bad rap sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I've got it here. Oh, of course oh, you've <laughs> uh, Well, it's, it's the song that he was singing really badly earlier, the Milkbone song. 
but he's revamped it and it, it says, finding my way home, spirits have flown, waving goodbye to material things from angel wings. And then from there, it just turns into generic gospel music. And then she goes, oh, yeah. Also, they've only got one microphone between them, so that's not a great studio. Wouldn't go there. He also appears to have left his uh, bike helmet, helmet behind. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. It finishes. The best five ending five minutes of any film I've ever seen. <laughs> Definitely. There's, there's nothing in there about who that shadowy telescreen man who's funded it all is. Hey, doesn't need to be. Golden Fabio appears and saves the day. <laughs> There's nothing about the trench coat creepy old man angels. They don't turn up again. Nope. To be honest, uh, I'd forgotten all about them once. Yeah. Not sure why Colin gets zapped. <laughs> I think not they were sure writing it as they went. Now. I, I don't even pulling... know what that... What was that whole thing supposed to be about with the the rehearsals and the, the music event? What was that supposed to do? It wasn't supposed to do anything. Just remember Golden Fabio. That'll be our... They were running out of time, so they have to just... That can be our end of year awards ceremony, the Golden You're Fabio. Right. <laughs> the Golden Fabio. Uh, and scores... everyone you give, you have to give a cheeky wink to. <laughs> and stab it up. Uh, scores out of 10. <laughs> or Golden Fabio's out of 10. <laughs> I feel like I need some more time to process it. <laughs> well, I said. I was bored as hell in this until that last bit, and then I was like, this has yeah. all been worth it. <laughs> oh, I um, enjoyed the wibbly-wobbly scenes when it was a, <laughs> a dream, and, you know, Golden Fabio! Yep, go on, Barney out of ten. I don't know, what did I give Bloodfist? Because I feel like I need to give Bloodfist higher. Um, you gave Bloodfist four. Oh, that's shocking, isn't it? I mean, we can always re- now you know what you're doing. We can go back and critically reevaluate these scores <laughs> later on. See, I quite like this one. But... Do you like it more than Bloodfist? No. Right. So I'll just put less than Bloodfist. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to give it three Fabios <laughs> <laughs> out of ten. That's going to be the new metric now. <laughs> I could just do it out of like a whole Fabio, and I'm like uh, up to the belly button of Fabio. <laughs> Two Fabio wings. <laughs> uh, uh, well, then I, I gave Bloodfist. I gave Bloodfist six. Wow. Uh, I want to give this a four because yeah, up until the yeah. last the last bit, it was quite boring. But mm. then, yeah, when 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 the angels appeared, angel appeared. Uh, I was I was all for it. It's that time. That was Raging Angels, which is a, a difficult thing to say. Um, CWU. CWU as well. It um, presumably came out in 1995. That's what's over everything. But there is a sort of visual reference to slightly later. Um, but 1995 was the year that we had Die Hard with a Vengeance, Toy Story, Apollo 13, GoldenEye, Pocahontas, Batman Forever, Seven, Casper, Waterworld, which even managed to be a better film than this. I and like Jumanji. I quite like Waterworld. I couldn't find any figures for how much this cost to make, so we're just going to have to estimate. And I'm going to say seven Fabios melted down. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a very elusive film. It's very hard to track down. It's obviously it's on IMDb. There's not a lot out, out there apart from that. Um, it hasn't got anything on Rotten Tomatoes. There's reviews and things like that. 
there is some stuff on Letterboxd, but that's very snotty re- film review types. Yeah. It was produced by a production company called Shaco Film International. This was their only film. <laughs> well, they put all, their egg, put all their eggs into the Raging Angels basket. <laughs> it was written by, for the story that we've just recounted, it was written by five people. <laughs> Oh. Who had never met and never discussed <laughs> and the didn't script speak with each the same other. language. <laughs> well, you might be onto something there because the first person is Stens Christiansen, who never did anything else. <laughs> Kevin Rock, who other claims of fame was writing something called Warlock, the Armageddon. Warlock. Which, uh, Warlock, the Armageddon. Oh, I didn't know there was more than one. The first Warlock's pretty good. This is 1993. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, and David Markov and Chris Bittler, who whose only other writing credit was Camp Candy in 1989. Which sounds a bit dodgy, but it's um, John Candy. It's some kind of animation that was featured oh, okay. here. Uh, and then fifth was Hisako Tuskuba, whose name, uh, uh, sort of alias, is Shako von Lewin. Uh, okay, so Alan, Alan Smithed himself on this project. <laughs> don't know who the, the director was because he immediately abandoned it, but this person, uh, Hisako Tsukuba, uh, owns the Piranhas franchise. Oh! It's a very, very interesting character, and there's barely anything out there. Possibly something that's in Japanese, but I've, I've not got the time to learn Japanese and then delve into it. But her <laughs> acting credits in Japanese films go back to 1957 and include Escape from the Wall of Death, in 1958. Yes. And something called The Golden Bat from 1966. And I'll, I'll just read out the synopsis of this. I want to watch both of those, please. When the Earth is, fr- is threatened by an evil alien, a group of UN scientists travel to the lost city of Atlantis where they unearth a superhuman mummy named The Golden Bat who is prophesied <laughs> to help the humans survive this terrible attack. And The Golden Bat is just a man in gold with wings. He's like a kind of Japanese Batman. He's dead Fabio. Uh, she then pro- helped produce the original Piranha film, uh, which is another uh, Roger Corman masterpiece. Yeah, like late 70s, 80s thing. Yeah, sort of riffing on Jaws. Uh, she then appeared to have the rights to that. There's some kind of legal dispute that resulted as time went on but she has writing i think she has writing and production credits for everything up until piranha's three double d or whatever it is which links um, back to last week yeah yeah um i think the only other thing that she had a hand in creating other than that and this is something called forever and beyond which is about a cow and a boy with leukemia <laughs> i wasn't expecting that Wait, where yeah, the hell has gone from the golden bat to that? <laughs> to cancer cows. Um, Does the cow got... help him? <laughs> Does the cow give it him? Chris is played, of course, by uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, young Indiana Jones. He's also in Stargate SG-1, The Twilight Zone. Dexter. He's also in Line of Duty, apparently. And Veritas, Prince of Truth. <laughs> What's Veritas? Didn't they change the name of the post office to Veritas? I don't know, it was... Robert Kilroy's son. Oh, see, I only political knew... party for a while, wasn't it? Ah, truth. Was it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hence Prince of Truth. Yeah. Um, well, that's just truth. Prince of Truth. That's stupid. Uh, I only knew Sean Bachelor from Boondock Saints. 
Yes, yeah, he was also in that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he had a fairly, you know, stellar career there, I'd say. Um, but I think he is quite the outlier in this. Next sort of <laughs> uh, in the in the list is uh, Lila, who was played by Monet Mazur. Uh, she's had quite an interesting career. Um, Castle, she's been in CSI, the original. Uh, she was also in Blow, a uh, Johnny Depp film. Oh, I've not yeah. seen this about Pablo Escobar, or the it's, cartel anyway. It's it's all right. And then she was in Whirly Girl, <laughs> 2006. Um, and she was also once in a band called the Nancy Reagan. I like that. I quite like that. That sounds quite fun. I'll have to try but yeah, she's, she's been sort of like a fairly um, leading role in quite a lot of the films that she's been in. Colin, Michael Paré. He was in Eddie and the Cruisers. That's where he first made his name as Eddie. He's been uh, in a lot of stuff because uh, I went I went down a rabbit hole of looking at his stuff. The other I want day. you to put some of these on on Twitter, like Luna Cop. Uh, what was was it? Dragon Dragon Fight? One that's got um, Robert one that's got Robert Zadar in it. I don't know about that. I did find uh, a credit there for Komodo versus Cobra, 2005. <laughs> Kinky Killers, 2007 and Ninja Cheerleaders 2008. Yeah. yeah. He's had sort of like mixed success of it. I think he will just sign up to anything. He he did like five films in one year. So yeah. Dragon Fight where he plays the character More Pork. Ooh. He's also in Streets of Fire, which is a terrible film, but uh, I quite like it. Yeah. Oh, Eddie and the Cruisers and Eddie and the Cruisers too. Eddie lives. So we oh, know yeah. that Eddie dies at the end of the first Eddie and the Cruisers. I think there's three films in there. <laughs> oh, I don't think he's in the third one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he used to uh, be a chef, and then he just sort of got called into acting because of his classical handsomeness and stage presence. He did have a lot of stage presence. It was just that he was asked to do ridiculous things. Diane Ladd, um, I think there's probably a next film after the slump that was Carnosaurus <laughs> <laughs> that we've done her before. So I'll move on to Grandma Ruth, Shelley Winters. Uh, she died in 2006. She has acting credits going all the way back to 1943, which I thought was impressive. Uh, I think she was sort of like a childhood star. I don't, yeah. I, I don't personally know that much about her, but she was uh, Nana Mary and Roseanne uh, around the same time that this was going on, uh, all the way up to, I think, 1996. She was in an episode of Kojak, um, and she was also in something called Silence of the Hams, which was like an unbelievably bad parody in 1994. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that, that was that was the, the main cast. There wasn't a lot of cast, to be honest. There were lots of supporting characters. Yeah, there's only like seven, eight main actors in it. But I thought that the the man who goes out at the start on the bus and hands Lila, you know, a yeah. piece of paper with a thing on it, I thought he'd come back into it. Like they should reuse characters like that, but they just sort of like used and discarded. I think it was like you pay him for one day's work. You don't have to give him like health insurance or whatever. Again, I assume this was filmed on an incredibly low budget. Yeah. Um, it, uh, another credit as well I thought was interesting was uh, Terry Plumeri because Composer. he yeah yeah he, he wrote a lot of the songs of this he, he also seemed to have been um, really competent he was a I've got the Wikipedia page open for him he's a classical composer orchestra conductor double bassist lecturer teacher producer and film score composer and this is just like one dot <laughs> in his uh, in, in, is in, this in Wikipedia article written by him. <laughs> now I know why the music scenes were so long then because he was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Well, the full three minutes of this song yeah. I made. So 
Janda. He um, died in uh, 2006 after a home invasion. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was worth sort of remembering. Oh, that. well, yeah, let's... let's uh, I mean, I don't think he would particularly want some of the songs in here to be remembered. <laughs> and th- he did write One World, and it was a competent song. <laughs> There you go. Felt like a, I'm sorry, it felt like a spinal tack, one that they didn't use. It, yeah. Wouldn't recommend this to anyone. I'd say just watch the last 10 minutes and you'll get everything that you need to know. Hereby, James Fax is concluded. Playing them drums before it's even there. <laughs> Reviews was a bit tricky like i said a lot of them were in german and when it's i did huge what, in germany right and when i did what you said and translated it they weren't actually like cyan so i thought oh what you should have done is translate them from german into english and then like english into spanish and then spanish into like german and then back round again so you get that yes. weird i might do that for synopsis <laughs> right andy underscore blen from november 2003 he basically gives away his whole review in the title of it which is amazing bad 80s rock plus bad acting plus two fit birds equals amazing movie so you kind of know where his uh, review is going here you you know where his priorities are yeah (laughs) so this movie is truly amazing it has everything a modern day film requires fit women bad 80s rock music cheesy ballads and bad 90s special effects I bought this movie for one pound. As it re- <laughs> is this my dad? <laughs> so he bought this movie for one pound as it reminded me of one of the funniest movies I have ever seen, The Edge of Hell, with John Micklethor, brackets, check it out. It turned out to be a real gem. The ending sees a rather overtanned archangel take on the devil in a rubbish sword fight, as well as some of the most rip-off music. Buy this movie. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't actually have a star rating or out of 10 or anything with that. But I, I can guess it's high, judging with the uh, fit birds. Sorry, I've just found the poster for um, Edge of Hell, which also goes by the name of Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry Blend tells us that's what we've got to watch. So, you know. Wonder if it's a pound as well. <laughs> it was only a pound. I was like, I'd have been annoyed if I'd have spent more. Has he done the golden bat? Because I genuinely like his thoughts on that. <laughs> it only cost me fifty p. Amazing work. Uh, right, at the other end of the spectrum, Barry M R K from August two thousand and seven gave it a one out of ten with the title "Just Awful." I've just sat and watched this mess. How on earth they got away with releasing this is beyond me. The best thing about it is the funny 80s rock music. I love that stuff. Even with the carny music, this film was a, capitals, struggle to get through. It's your basic good versus evil flick, but it is so badly done it makes your jaw drop. The first hour is very much like a soap opera, but less entertaining, with a dollop of preaching just to really annoy you. The ending did have me in hysterics, as the CGI is the same as what you would find on a PlayStation 2. Hey! Unbelievable. The ladies are very attractive, but it doesn't save this... A female. But it doesn't save this turkey. Save your money and go watch paint dry instead. What if I've only got a pound? <laughs> Could have saved that pound. <laughs> Could have saved that turkey in pairs. 
<laughs> Poultry and pets. Uh, <laughs> That's a t-shirt. <laughs> so after this one, I thought, right, so the men are very much fatuated with these two lovely, good-looking women. Yeah. So I thought, I'll find a woman's perspective. Oh, my God, no. It took me forever to find one. And this was, I think, yep, yeah, this was the only one in English. And it was by Donna England. She gave it four out of five from February 2004. Sorry, is that her name, Donna England? Donna England. It's not England as a surname, yeah. I mean, of the only English one, that had to be her name. (laughs) I think she only watched this film for one reason only. Oh, man, if it's for Gold Fabio, I'm going to shit my pants. If you're a Flannery fan, then this is for you. Boom! I'm it's a the huge worst fan one, of isn't it? Patrick Flannery. So I like this. It's not so bad for an old film with a fairly decent storyline. Not overly deep, but it's watchable. And Flannery isn't too bad in it. Not his best. For that, I'd recommend Bandock Saints. But it's still worthy of four stars. He's the worst person, isn't it? He's just like a whingy kid all the way through it. Well, she's obviously What's a fan, and it made a difference, you know. He's in so much better stuff than this. I'm disappointed in those reviews. <laughs> and like... it was really hard. To no, no, sometimes it is, England. man. So, yeah, sometimes it is just, uh, especially with something like this, because I've never heard of this film until uh, <laughs> until we picked it. And even then, but I what we know from the reviews is there are attractive ladies, bad eighties rock music, and Sean, Sean Patrick Flannery. Flannery is in it. <laughs> That's it, basically. That's all you need. Put that on the poster. I'm going to turn to the German translations next for some more insightful commentary. It would probably just say, there no. is spy sexy females. <laughs> Fabio is so fab. Really isn't. And thus, in conclusion, that was Raging Angels. I genuinely don't understand how they got that title either. The no. angels weren't fuming at all. The angel wasn't fuming. He looked like he was bored. He was like, hey, all right, take my out. Flex. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us about anything you think we may have missed, or if you want to recommend another film based off of this one, or anything else, you can get us on our Twitter at Hallmark of Great, on Instagram and Facebook at Hallmark of Greatness, or send us an email, hallmarkofgreatness at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to start doing possibly like a little contest or something every month. We haven't figured out what it is yet, but we'll we'll let you know. You have to uh, fight a demon. <laughs> wow. Quing, yeah. Quing, Re-enact quing. a scene. From a <laughs> <laughs> Don't spray paint yourself gold because you will die. <laughs> yeah, just be, a, just be a little bit of fun thing. Uh, if you do like these and you do listen to them, please think about leaving us a review on iTunes or whatever it is you listen to us on. It does help with it becoming more visible to other people. I'd love to have a review of the review section as well. Just make it meta. <laughs> In German, please. Uh, I think there is... <laughs> All I know is that there is one sexy lady. <laughs> oh, damn. Two fit birds. I oh, two fit birds, yeah. And it only cost me now to listen to. <laughs> Your favourite quotes from the film to go out on. Day, 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 day. <laughs> you have to be patient as a dove or as smart as a serpent. <laughs> Goodbye. Jesus, save me. <laughs> Wink.